This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. Hello. How are you doing, Frank? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Doing all right. Good. I um, went to hell today. Really? Yeah. Met Ghost Rider. Okay. Not a cool guy. Okay. Very uptight. Very uptight. Yeah. Not Nothing like Nicolas Cage? Nothing like Nicolas Cage at all. I was kind of disappointed, actually. Um, I don't know if I appreciate Nicolas Cage's performance in Ghost Rider more because he's not like the actual Ghost Rider, or if it's just bad acting. Uh, see, he's setting you up. He's trying to do this whole little thing where he, he makes Nicolas Cage's bad performance look better than it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like this whole game he played with the numbers in part one. <laughs> Are you saying you don't think Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is worth a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> what he's leaving out is it's a mediocre scale. A scale of mediocrity? A medi- okay. scale of mediocrity. So it's really just one point away from being halfway decent. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it's not. It's exactly. Not. <laughs> this is part two of episode number 15 of Cinema Fix, focusing on the movie Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. So if you're looking for part one, you're listening to the wrong episode. If this is your first time listening to Cinema Fix, just be aware that this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to quality discussion of mainstream blockbuster film. Each episode is released in two parts. The first part is when we give our overall general thoughts about a movie. And then the second part, which you're listening to right now, is when we really dive in depth and really analyze what did and didn't work about the film. And as mentioned, this week we're talking Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Frank, what would you say this movie's about? I think the title says it all. I mean, about a spirit of vengeance. Who... Well, you, well, you got Ghost Rider. Yes. A.K.A. Johnny Blaze, played by Nicolas Cage. If you've seen the first film, you know he's basically... A stunt rider accidentally... Well... In this, in this iteration, he purposefully signs a deal with the devil, but it's not a reboot. They were very <laughs> careful about that. They're just going to change some very basic stuff from the first one, but yeah. it's not a reboot. Not a reboot. <laughs> in this one, he purposefully signs a deal with the devil to save his dying father. And becomes um, Ghost, Ghost Rider, Rider, the bounty hunter of Satan. Maybe not technically the bounty hunter of Satan. I was never really clear. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's something. Technically, he's an angel who used to be like this big proponent of justice, he got trapped by the some demons of the devil and driven insane, and now he wants vengeance instead of justice. So t- And he hates evil. So I don't know if you could technically say he works for the devil. I was never clear on whether or not that was still there. And also, it seems like the devil is afraid of him. Like, he somehow... The devil has the power to create Ghost Rider, but he can't control Ghost Rider? What? Yes, it's very strange. It's very confusing. It's very odd. And the devil really didn't put up much of a fight either. Yeah. It's and, like a three-second fight. And for some reason, they don't call him the devil. They call him Rourke. And also... Um, He's taken on a human appearance. Right. But he burns through these bodies pretty quickly. Yeah. So he needs to implant himself in his son. He made a deal with this woman who was near death to... Carry his seed. I like how we haven't even played the clip yet. We're just trying to work out the plot, and we're spoiling everything up front because we just we. It's hey, hard to it's say. It's part two. Nothing sacred. I know, and it's hard. It's hard to figure out what the movie is exactly. about. I'm trying to help them. Maybe they'll be able to help me figure it out. Um, 
Okay, so he implants a human woman, Nadia, with his seed. Yes. Years go by. It's like Rosemary's baby. Yes. And now it's the boy's birthday, so he's going to take over the boy's body and become, like, the youngest devil ever. Right. And, like, a prepubescent devil. devil. Yes. And say somehow, being in this younger body... This one won't Satan, decay. Satan will be able to, like, rule the planet. It won't decay. Somehow. Well. Yes. For some reason. I mean, you would think being Satan kind of gives him an, an ultimate advantage. But right. <laughs> apparently. I'm not sure why in one body he can't do all this stuff, but somehow in the new body he can. Well, he said that the older bodies burn out faster, but apparently because he sired this particular body with his satanic semen. Mm-hmm. Now his demon seed. Yes, <laughs> basically. This one's built to last. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this one won't won't wear out as quickly. It can contain his full power. He said. Yes. So I guess he can only exist on Earth in the form of like an avatar. And if you're still listening at this point and you have no idea what we're talking about, welcome to the viewing experience. Welcome to Ghost Rider: <laughs> Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> Cue bad acting, Idris Elba getting drunk, and lots of people yes. burning to death. Here's a clip. This little kid, what makes you think I can find him? This man that you met years ago that put the curse on you? Rourke. The devil has many names. He is the link that connects you to this child. Let the rider follow his stench. He will lead you to the boy. You said something about a deal. The church of my masters is an ancient one. We are prepared to give to you one thing you want most of this world. We must the boy. And we will lift your curse. Okay, Frank, I know you hated this movie, so I want you to tell me what your favorite scene in the movie is. What is what is in your opinion, what what scene summarizes the essence of Ghost Spider's Spirit of Vengeance? That's a great question. Let me let's think about that for just a second. There are so many different ones that I think sum it up for me. I do like the one where, all right, basically the, the whole crux of this movie, his entire motivation is getting rid of Ghost Rider, and you've got to think, okay, they've been building this up, building this up. It has to be a pretty gnarly process getting rid of Ghost Rider. Really, all he has to do is go into this one room in a cave, and he stands in the room. And suddenly he's just overwhelmed. There's a, a bright light, and he starts screaming all this stuff. I believe at one point he screams, Merry Christmas, f***. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. So I remember thinking, wow, that's, that's an odd thing Okay, this movie just went from a 10 to an 11 <laughs> on the mediocrity scale. And remember, that scale is originally only supposed to be 1 through 10. I know. So by saying it's 11. You're making me appreciate this movie more. But there's just all this white light, and then Ghost Rider's gone. He's running through the room screaming, I'm free! I'm free! Bro! I'm not, I'm not Ghost Rider anymore! So really all he had to do was go into that room. Then I also enjoyed when he confronts the gun thugs as Ghost Rider. you got to remember, this is the devil's bounty hunter, mm-hmm. or a fallen angel, or whatever, who is literally walking around on fire, and he gets taken out by some guys with Uzis. He can't even defeat... It just makes no sense. Well, didn't, didn't they blast him with, like, a rocket launcher or something? Yeah, but still, he's like a demon. He should be, like, beyond all that. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. He's undead. <laughs> well, I don't, know. I don't know what he is. I, we don't know. I, Here, here's, the, here's the thing, Frank. I think, as we said, I think the, I agree with you, the movie is bad. I think it is close 
to being so bad it's good. It's close. There are there are moments where I feel like Neville Dean and Taylor, the directors, and Nicolas Cage to some extent are aware that this movie's awful. And I feel like they're they're trying to embrace that and they're trying to be self aware about it and push it over the edge into so bad it's good quality. I really feel like you're reaching here. You think so? I really okay, feel okay. like you're trying to make it. You're trying to justify some I, stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. The interrogation scene in which Nicolas Cage confronts this guy, needs some information, and is g- starting to basically turn into Ghost Rider yeah. as he's interrogating him. I don't know. We, we, it's never really established if he can control when he becomes Ghost Rider or if it just sort of happens. But basically, he's yelling at this guy. This is total, total over-the-top Nicolas Cage-ness. Screaming nonsense, crazy facial expressions. His eyes are suddenly bulging out and turning into, like, skull empty sockets. And you're like, what is happening? And it's this totally insane moment where I was, you saw me, I was literally, like, clapping my hands with glee. He was, he was giddy as a schoolgirl. I, I was giddy. Yeah, because was. this is what I wanted to see in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I wanted to see Nicolas Cage yelling crazy stuff, going insane, and basically just having this, to- I just wanted this totally ridiculous, over-the-top movie experience. As amazing as that was. And that one scene, at least, delivered that for me. I wasn't. Lo- I was looking for like a good, solid movie, and I think that's why I was disappointed. Well, maybe it's because I didn't come into this movie expecting a solid story because the first movie was so bad. I just wanted. But then, some... what's the point? What's the point if there's no solid? Oh come story? on! What's the point? Again, I will refer you to Devil Dean Taylor's previous films, specifically Crank. Crank is such an incredibly simplistic premise. Very high concept. You can describe it in a sentence. Guy gets poisoned, has to keep his adrenaline up to stay alive. Not much of a story there. And none of the characters are really fleshed out beyond stereotypes. But the action is so over the top and it's so insane and the twists and turns are just so exaggerated that you can't, in my opinion, I don't think you can watch Crank or Crank High Voltage and have and not have a good time. I had an amazing time watching those movies because they're so kinetic and over the top. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, unfortunately, lacks a lot of that kick-ass style that I like from them. You keep saying Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Like it makes it sound more prestigious. <laughs> put, put the full title out there. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Ghost Rider 2. Ghost Rider 2. I think it, I, that doesn't deserve That deserves Ghost Rider 2. Ghost Rider 2. It's not good. <laughs> Ghost Riders. You know, th- and there are, there are moments in this movie where I felt like Neville and Taylor were trying to inject some of their style into it. For example, the opening scene is Idris Elba trying to help Nadia and the kid escape. And... There's this big shootout, there's this big car chase, and then he essentially goes flying off of his motorcycle, flipping around in slow motion, firing, and I'm like, okay, that's an okay visual. And then later on, he meets Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage asks him, so, how did you survive? And he says something like, oh, you know, I was lucky. And there's this cut, there's this two-second cut to him basically just dangling in some trees, with some goofy music playing in the background. 
like something out of Family Guy. And that is a total Neville Dean Taylor moment. That kind of thing where we're gonna we're gonna flashback, we're gonna have this quick moment that's just really random and goofy and very self aware and, and very is kinda making fun of ourselves. That's fantastic, but that doesn't make up for the fact that the rest of the movie is basically it's terrible. Oh, I agree. I'm not denying that the, the, the story is terrible and makes no sense. And yet at the same time, I kind of want to defend Neville Dean and Taylor because they didn't write the script. Yes, but they're the directors. They they're have the responsibility directors. to make a good film. They're trying. They're, and I feel like they're trying. I felt like they were trying. You know, I've got the feeling at one point they just started to wave the white flag. And just it like, could okay. be. You know, I, it, it would not surprise me if because this, the studios wanted this to be PG-13 and I'm, this is definitely the highest budget they've ever had to work with, it would not surprise me. I, obviously, I don't know if this is true, but it would not surprise me if they felt a bit overwhelmed and the studio was pl- putting a bunch of pressure on them and what we got is what we got. Yeah, I mean, with the, what with the high caliber of the first one a little bit, too. <laughs> right. And, you know, all of that, that pressure. You know, and again, everyone has seen the shot in the trailer of Ghost Rider peeing fire. And that is totally a Neville Dean Taylor thing, where I feel like they would be like, hey, let's just go crazy and weird and be like, huh, if you were on fire, what would you pee? Oh, your penis would be a flamethrower. Okay, that's a Neville Dean Taylor idea, I think. And I feel like in a perfect world, they would have been given an R-rated movie and they would have been able to dedicate a full scene to Nicolas Cage just peeing on bad guys. Okay. And, and that, that would have improved the quality yes, of the overall. I, I want to see that movie, Frank. I want to see Nicolas Cage peeing fire on Satan. Honestly, I think we're learning more about you than we are about the movie. Are you saying you don't want to see that movie, Frank? I'm saying no. I'm saying if there was never another installment in the Ghost Rider franchise, I would die a happy man. Well, sure. Based on the quality of this one. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying I feel like with if, if their sensibilities were allowed to just go full throttle... I feel like this would have been a really fun movie, and you would have had a scene with Nicolas Cage peeing on bad guys instead of just the quick two-second shot from the trailer, which is interesting, but really... You keep throwing around this word interesting. How was that in any way interesting? Okay, can you... I'm sorry, your average director is not going to come to a big-budget superhero movie and say, I want him to pee fire. And it's just... It's just... Weird and kind of cool and humorous, and it's it, it's I feel like that's totally their style. I feel like if this was in hard R and you just told Neville Dean Taylor do whatever you want to do, this movie would be a lot better and be a lot crazier. That's all I'm saying. It could be wrong. Maybe they did have full control on this movie and it just turned out garbage. But I feel the need to defend them just because I like their previous work. And I again, there were there were signs in this movie of, I felt like, that kind of avant-garde pop cinema style trying to break through. For example, Twinkie scene. Yeah. That felt so random. And it, I, again, I feel like if you had given another director this movie and this script, the scene with the Twinkie would not be in the film. Probably not. You wouldn't have the scene with the villain as he realizes, oh, I can't really eat anything because everything I touch decays. Huh. Oh, this Twinkie's okay. And that little, that joke, I feel like, again, Neville Dean and Taylor are the kind of directors that are going to just, they're going to try and think about the weird implications of all of this superpower stuff. 
They're the guys that are going to sit down and think, huh, well, everything you touch decays, what does that really mean for your everyday life? It's not really like we have a story we need to right. come back to. I mean, <laughs> there's not really any plot to forward. So. I, okay, and I'm saying maybe I feel like, yeah, the script and the story was terrible, but there would be little moments where I felt like they were just they were trying to liven things up a bit. They were trying to make things a bit more humorous. And I think they're also a, they're also a little bit self-aware about how terrible the first film was, and I think they're also aware of Nicolas Cage's modern-day persona and how he's perceived as just this kind of over-the-top, exaggerated actor. And we've all seen the montage of clips from The Wicker Man. We have. Well, you with haven't. The, with the Beast. With the Beast. There I you go. I have seen The Beast. Okay. You know, and you. I have YouTube. We exactly. We've seen those clips of Nicolas Cage punching women in the face and yelling things like "Not the bees, not the bees," and just going nuts. And I think that they're aware of that, which is why there's a scene in the film when Nicolas Cage randomly tries to act like a father towards this kid and rub his head. <laughs> randomly tries to act like a father. Yes, towards this kid. Like he sees he sees the kid looking over at the other kids who have parents. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to rub your head because that's a father thing to do. Yes. And then when the kid acts strange, Nicolas Cage says, there was a, there was a bee on your face. And I, I didn't want you to, you know, get stung on your, your face. <laughs> and I was like, okay. There wasn't I'm, a dry eye in the theater. And I was like, you, you that surely that was a callback to Wicker Man. Surely that was them kind of winking at the audience and saying, yeah, we know Nicolas Cage. He's done some crazy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't like bees (laughs) at all. You find a way to elevate terribleness by finding all this hidden meaning. No, I'm just saying, okay, out of all the things he could have said at that moment, and they could have said, this is what you need to say to the kid, why did they go for, I don't like the bees? I, I, I think it's a fair assumption. I'm just saying that I think we're really digging to find gold here. I don't think so. I think Neville Dean and Taylor are smart guys, and I think they have this twisted, weird sense of humor that they would totally do something like that and kind of be, like, laughing to themselves and winking at the audience. Maybe. I just... Uh, it just bothers me. It just... It, it really... But I don't think that makes up for, for just all the problems in the movie. And there's just, like, so many terrible one-liners. There are. Hell yes. Hell yes. I felt like the movie was... It, I'm not, not going to deny. The movie's bad, and at times it's just, it's just bad. It doesn't matter what's going on. The movie's bad. But then there are other times where I felt like they were, they were really trying to make it fun bad. To make it enjoyable. To have just kind of turn your brain off. Let's laugh at Nicolas Cage doing these crazy things. Let's laugh at the fact that this plot really doesn't make any sense. Hey, man, I tried to turn my brain off. (laughs) I tried to just sit there and be peaceable and just kind of be passive, but it wouldn't leave me alone. It just kept badgering, kept poking, (laughs) just how bad it was. Um, Everything from the makeup of uh, when Kerrigan gets turned into Blackout, mm -hmm. Blackout's makeup design was absolutely atrocious. Uh, it looked like a reject from a, like a which is why movie. it was kind of brilliant. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad, it's brilliant. I know. I honestly, it was so over the top and so low budget, bad cinema. <laughs> it was schlock. It was schlock. <laughs> schlock. Schlock. Yes, 
I felt like Neville Dean and Taylor came into this project. Oh my like, god! And we're like, these comic books aren't that great. The story's not that great. It's just kind of pulpy oh. slock. See, we can't have a rational argument then because if they do something good, it's great. If they do something bad, it's so bad, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, 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 no. And look, it's not so bad, it's brilliant. It's. I feel like they were trying for it. I will agree with you, yes, the costume is terrible. I will agree with you, yes, a lot of the acting and a lot, especially, oh my God, some of the dialogue <laughs> oh. is so cliché. And so bad. There were certain scenes where I felt like if if they if they kicked up the exaggeration a notch, you, we would understand that they were being intentionally bad. It would just be parody then. Right. It would be parody. And I felt like maybe that's what they were going for sometimes. But then there were other scenes where it just didn't. I don't think through. so. It seemed like they were trying to play it straight, and that's what that's what's disturbing. Right. Right. It felt very totally uneven. But at the same time, you do get scenes of. A 13-year-old boy breathing fire into Nicolas Cage's face. And you do get a scene in which Nicolas Cage hops onto a big crane and it becomes this huge fire machine that's just going to... It's it's just going to rain fire and sulfur down on all of his enemies. And you have some cool, interesting imagery like that that I don't think you would see in a typical superhero film. But I agree with you. It just doesn't come together. I don't know. I would argue that stuff like that is pretty commonplace for superhero movies. Just in terms of stunt, extreme stunts and special effects and stuff being blasted into people's faces, I'd say it's more or less. But I was not expecting a 12-year-old, 12 or 13-year-old kid to breathe fire. And really, whose fault is that? <laughs> Are you saying I should have expected yes. that? You said the first 45 minutes, the first hour of the movie. I mean, really. Anything was possible at that point. You're right. You didn't see him. You 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 didn't anticipate him turning it back into Ghost Rider. I saw that coming. Oh, I knew he was going to turn back into Ghost Rider. I just didn't expect it would happen by a 12 year old kid going up to him and literally breathing fire. Oh, I knew what the kid was going to do. <laughs> I was like, the kid's going to turn it back into Ghost Rider. I thought he was just going to like touch him and he'd be Ghost Rider again or something. And then when suddenly he opens his mouth and fire comes out, I was like, "What? <laughs> that is crazy!" And I kind of like it. I just I just like Nicolas Cage's line reading right before he does it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> it's just such a great character. Arc. He spends the first I don't know hour of the movie saying I don't want to be Ghost Rider anymore. Being Ghost Rider okay. sucks. Let, let's talk about that because they really did completely disregard the first film. Yeah, like I don't remember the first film much at all because it was so terrible. It was well, they so do boring. touch on it. He's like uh, Idris Elba was like you thought you could use it as a weapon. He's like I was wrong. Yeah. So the idea is like we've just skipped over eight years. Eight years of seeing him. I would have liked to have seen him actually try though to use it. I feel like that would have been more interesting. Oh sure. Because I mean, I feel like even with like something like Spider Man Two, where they're building up this whole thing of him quitting being Spider Man, they take the time in the beginning to establish just how crappy his life has become trying to be Spider Man first. Right. I mean, at the end of the first Ghost Rider film. Well, first of all, they imply that he he became Ghost Rider by accident. Yeah. Almost, due to a paper cut. Well, and, they do. They completely change it. This In this yeah. one, it's on purpose where he smashes a beer bottle. And it's very, it's all very melodramatic. Right. Smashes the beer bottle, crashes it. It's like, make me Ghost Rider. Yes. Or just do it. Save him. Yeah. And again, that's another element that I thought was kind of stylistically interesting. The frequent cutaways to this kind of weird 
animation stuff to tell some of the backstory. And then at one point, they, like, throw in a random joke about, I think it's Jerry Springer. Yeah. Whose face pops up for a minute. And again, as total Neville Dean Taylor. Kind of like, ha, 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 we're going to have making pop culture reference about Jerry Springer in the middle of this supposedly dark, sinister backstory about Ghost Rider. Right. You know. But let's get back to it. it. I mean, it just, his whole character arc is pretty much non-existent. I think by not showing you him struggling with trying to control Ghost Rider, you don't get to go along on that journey with him. Like, you're just kind of asked to accept it. It's all kind of very... It's just very vague. They don't really establish yeah. what who he is and what the rules of Ghost Rider is. Well, they don't work to earn it, I think, is what I was... Like, what I meant is, like, you, they just kind of, like, okay, go with this. They right. Don't work, they don't try and earn it. And then it's just... Nothing really feels played out to its full potential. Like, he... Okay, he spends an hour not wanting to be Ghost Rider... He he is no longer Ghost Rider. He has to go save the kid, and then he's just like, "You were wrong. You were right. I shouldn't have given up the power." And it's like, "What? What happened there?" Right. It's like this kid gets stolen right out from underneath you. And here here's my other problem: is I'm not sure what the rules are. Does Ghost Rider can he only come out at night or right? I don't know. They switch that up a lot. Yeah, and th- this is one of those movies where there are a million plot holes. Yeah. If you start thinking about it, like. Um, for example, he meets Idris Elba, uh, Moreau, and Moreau's basically like, you gotta come save this kid, and then he's like, well, how am I gonna find him? Or whatever. Next scene, he's found the kid. Because well, he, like, he can, like, he can sense it. Yeah, what's implied is Ghost Rider can sense it. Somehow. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So can he sense everybody in the world? He can only sense the people he wants to find? What's the deal he can here? He sense evildoers. He senses evildoers. I think that's the All evildoers are just, just Kerrigan. Well, that's the other plot hole that I wasn't really sure of. Um, he, he has Kerrigan in his grasp. Mm-hmm. He's about to, like, suck his soul out forever. Then he senses the mom, who I guess he also identifies as someone who has done evil. He drops Kerrigan and goes to get the mom. Just kill Kerrigan. Right. I mean, really, how long could it possibly take? <laughs> but I guess there's, like, some whole big thing. This whole process, he has to suck the soul out. But Kerrigan struck me as being worse than the mom in terms of right. evil doing. Although the mom did sleep with the devil. So, or was she raped? No, they, she made a deal. It was consensual. Uh, really? Because there, there was some line in like the second half of the movie when they mentioned like her protesting or something. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I got the impression that the sex wasn't very good sex. At least for her. Well, let's not go that, <laughs> that rabbit hole. Let's not, let's not get swallowed up in that. Um... But it's just like you they don't they don't really earn any of the twists and turns. It's just kind of like, oh, we're heading towards the end of the movie, so he has to decide he wants to be Ghost Rider again. Right. The the editing's really odd. Like one scene they'll be like trying to escape something or they'll have barely made it out, and then suddenly in the next scene they're like in this completely other random place. Yeah. And you're like, How did you get there? Wait, what happened? Did you did you you found a car, okay. Your wounds seem to have healed up. That's kind of odd. Okay. And it, it kind of jumps all over a little bit. And I, I like how they they try to establish Johnny Blaze as a father figure. <laughs> it's too little too late. And they, like, they have this scene with him riding the motorcycle with the kid and then them sitting on the back of the truck and him telling the kid, you know, there's, there's good and evil in all of us. Our power may come from a dark place. Yes. But it's not who we are. It's not who we are. 
And then I get it, okay, and then later on, the ki- he's like, this isn't who you are, and he's telling the kid, you know, you don't have to do this, and of course, the good ultimately prevails, and I was just kind of like, wow, you really didn't work much with that theme. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And see, that's another thing where it's just frustrating, because it could have been so much better, like, had they played around with this idea of him not being able to control Ghost Rider more, <laughs> of him really wanting to use it to do something substantial. And by the end of the movie, I feel like we're back right where we began, where he's like, okay, I'm going to use this to be better. Right. He's an angel. I can feel it. Yeah. I've just brought the boy back to life. How convenient. But, okay, and getting, you know, at the end when the, the kid basically turns him back into Ghost Rider, I was just sitting there and I was thinking, okay, did Rourke, the, the devil, did he really not see this coming? No. Did no. he really not think, hey, there's a chance the kid might not be totally in love with me and not want to give up I mean, his body I'm to trying me. to stay up still his body but you know, you know like father like son yeah chip I, off the I'm, old block. I'm sure he'll be okay with it it's not like I had to drug him or anything oh wait I, I did I did I, have to jam a hypodermic needle into his <laughs> neck yeah and what did he think the kid was like I have the same powers if he, as you don't I it's like oh you should be a little concerned then yes if he's figuring that out but also if he has the same powers as the kid can he just like snap his fingers and make him not ghost rider like he it does this have to be like a willing thing I don't know it's so weird. And if he has the same power as the devil, can he make other people supervillains? You would assume so. Can he be like, hey, mom, go touch the devil and he's going to decay now. I'm going to make you the new blackout. Well, here's my other issue is if the devil can make supervillains, why does he bother with the street gang to get this kid? Well, again. It, it just makes yeah, no sense. Why doesn't he do it himself? It makes no sense. It feels like a lot more efficient to just be like, Okay, supervillain, supervillain, supervillain. Go get me this kid. Mm -hmm. It just makes no sense. Random question. If you have the if everything you touch decays, and you can't, you know, eat food or anything, how are you gonna have a girlfriend? I think you are. You don't think you are? No, it's gonna be a a hard, lonely life. I think it is gonna be a hard, lonely life. I mean, technically, he's dead. Right. He's undead. But he still has feelings. <laughs> he still has <laughs> desires. Yes. <laughs> he still has needs. Yes. It's going to be a very frustrating life. Yeah. So my guess is he would have, like, taken the woman Nadia, killed her, and then had the devil bring her back to life as an undead woman. Oh, okay. Because they had, like, an abusive relationship going. That's what it was hinted at. I think in an R-rated Neville Dean Taylor ghostwriter film, they would ask serious questions like, what happens when blackout masturbates? That would be that. Oh, that's boy. the kind of question that they would ask. And again, random side issue that you normally wouldn't think about. But when 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 they comes up, you're kind of like, oh yeah, what would happen? Well, Andrew, they got that see- doesn't make wow. I'm intrigued. What would the life of a of blackout be like? Can we have a blackout movie? Well, they've got to save something for part three. For part three. <laughs> that's not just going to write itself. <laughs> I mean. Judging by the quality of this script, it probably will just write itself. That's probably what happens. But that was my other issue is we should talk about, like, the fight scenes. But there are moments where they would just kind of almost go, like, video game where, like, the characters, like, a black background would just fill the air. And it would just be the characters, like, in slow-mo. Well, that's the thing. If you play video games at all, uh, Neville and Taylor are fascinating filmmakers because you can tell they love video games. Yeah. And... The Crank movies are essentially Grand Theft Auto times 11. 
and gamer is all about the relationship between people and video games, and it, it's they they you can tell they love video games, and the only sense I got in this movie that that was the case was you had this scene when they're about to sneak into the base or whatever at the end for the big climactic showdown, and you've got the scene of Nadia like looking through the uh, the sniper scope with like the night vision. Yeah, she's not just goggles. a mom; she's a warrior. Yeah. She's a soldier. And you've got that shot of her looking through with the night vision and taking out the the guy's first-person style. And then, like you mentioned, the blackout stuff. That's, I guess that's kind of a video game scene. Yeah, you know, it didn't really work for me. I kind of felt a little bit cheated. Like, I kind of actually wanted to, like, see some of this action with the geography and everything, and it just felt kind of cheap. I liked the idea that blackout makes it so whoever he's attacking can't see anything. Yeah. And it's pitch black. I like that in, in concept. I didn't really like the execution. No. I thought it should have come across as a lot more scary and sinister. Yeah, and this one it was just kind of like the lights turn out. Right. And I'm going to step up behind you. And it goes into kind of like this video game cutscene. Yeah. Almost. And that didn't work for me. I mean, on the whole, the action, I'd say, was pretty sloppy. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's because they were filming in 3D or just because they had a bigger budget and then they didn't they, they didn't want to use a lot of these guerrilla filmmaking techniques but I was personally let down by how they shot the action yeah me too I mean it just it felt like they they probably didn't have a budget for any big set pieces because right. if you think about it none of the set pieces were really that big even the fight with the devil was really not a fight at all well the scene at the, the scene at the end with the, the big car chase and everything I think that was the most well constructed. Of all the action scenes, like, in terms of you get to see the car chase, you get to see them jumping from car to car, you get to see Kerrigan trying to attack Nadia, and, you know, I thought that was a fairly well-constructed action scene. And let's not forget, it ends with Nicolas Cage yelling, I'm sending you back where you came from, and then basically slamming Satan down into the core of the earth. (laughs) Yeah, to go back to hell. Well, I, I, I was like, wait, wait, wait. So did he actually go to hell? Is hell like a literal place that's below the Earth's crust? Or is the implication... Because you follow him down, the long cavern that yeah. is made. And I was like, so did he just smash him into the ground so hard he went to the Earth's core and burned up? A hell of his own making. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was like, what just happened? He I lost his human body. This is what I, how I like to think of it. Mm-hmm. He lost his old man body, mm-hmm. his human body. Okay. And now he's just kind of back in hell as like a spirit. And he's looking up and going, damn you, Ghost Rider. I will get you. <laughs> you and the boy. Next time, Ghost Rider. Part three is coming in another five years. <laughs> they could call that one Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. And it's, it's about Rourke's vengeance. Spirits of Vengeance. There you go. It's going to be a vengeance is. Because we're not really big on grammar in the Ghost Rider franchise. Spirits of Vengeance is. We're not. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? No, I think we pretty much covered it. It's a bad movie. I, I think it had potential to be good. I think there were sparks of creativity in it. But yeah, it's bad. The sparks of creativity never ignite into a fire, if you will. Right. They never really engulf the viewer in flames like they should. No. At least not in a good way. No. Before we end, I want to do a new segment. I want to have some fun. And I think this is how we'll end the show each week from now on. 
I, I want us to have a new segment. I'm going to call it uh, Reboot This. Reboot This. And how it works is that, Frank, I want us to come up with a pitch for either a sequel or a reboot of whatever film we talked about yes. today. So, Frank, if you could make a sequel to Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance or remake it entirely, yes. what would you choose and what would you do? Well, I've, I've actually been researching this very subject. I read an interview with the directors, Neville Dean and Taylor, where they said that it might be fun to take Ghost Rider to hell for the third movie. Actually have him riding around in hell on a motorcycle. Which, you know, it sounds a lot like Oscar bait, but um, <laughs> You're right. they can't all be for the people. <laughs> um, you know, I think we open on a picturesque meadow. Everything's beautiful and lush. But slowly, the camera starts to descend below the grass, below the earth, through several layers of lava, below some more earth, more lava, and we're in hell. <laughs> <laughs> we're in hell, okay. <laughs> the devil's there. And he is shaking his fist up in the sky going, I will get Ghost Rider, my brilliant plan. And he's going to lure Ghost Rider to hell with a trap. And in this one, he's decided that he doesn't want to be Ghost Rider anymore again. Oh, he has? Yes. yes. He, he's always, <laughs> he always changes his mind. He's a flip-flopper in between movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an angel, but uh, I still don't want it. Yeah. He has a new life working in a bookstore. <laughs> okay. No, he's a public bus driver. He's a public bus driver. So now when he turns into Ghost Rider... Yeah, he has a flaming bus. Yes. I like it. It's going to be awesome. I like it. He drives a flaming bus. Okay. Yes. And so the devil wants to create a new ghost rider mm -hmm. to take his place. Mm -hmm. So he has to, like, fight against this other ghost rider to reclaim his title, even though he's not sure if he wants to. Mm -hmm. Conflict. Okay. <laughs> Conflict. <laughs> All right. And the other ghost rider drives a train. Okay. So at the climax, it's bus versus train. Okay. Okay. So there's a there's two ghost riders yes. fighting. Yes. Okay. But then for the climax, when it just seems like ghost riders outmatched, God sends down a fleet of angels okay. down to help Ghost Rider. Alright. And Ghost Rider redeems himself. He's no longer a crazy angel. He's a good angel. So the flames go from red to blue. Okay. And so now he can control Ghost Rider whenever he wants to. Okay. But then just when you think everything's gonna end just as it should. Mm-hmm. There's a big twist at the end, setting us up for Ghost Rider 4. Okay. He has a son. <laughs> I thought we already knew that. Oh, no, that was the devil's son. No, son. he has a son. And okay. Eva Mendes comes back at the very end. Saying, oh, my goodness. This is our son. I like it. I never told you about. <gasps> but he may be the spawn of Satan because he's evil. I like it. I would watch that movie. Ghost Rider 4. Okay. I would... Pitch me. I, okay. I would not get bring Neville and Taylor on board for the sequel because I want them to go do Crank 3D. Okay. They need to focus on that. Who's our director then? We need to think of somebody uniquely suited for this. Okay. Our director is going to be... Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be about the life of an outlaw, essentially. Okay. And it is going to explore such deep themes as is there redemption for someone like Ghost Rider? Yes. The, it's going to open with Ghost Rider in a church, praying <laughs> and asking for forgiveness before he ignites into flame and goes to fight crime. Yes, and then the priest tries to give him a communion, and right before he gets the wafer, he bursts into flame. There you go, and Symbolism. he burns up all the wafers. Yes. Symbolism. Oh, man. I like Body it. of Christ. Mm -hmm. Gone. Perfect. And then, you know, we can tie that into the big climactic scene at the end. At the end, 
he's gonna for some reason he's not gonna be able to 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 uh to burst into flame. He's yeah. not gonna have his ghost rider powers. The villain's gonna be like a giant fire extinguisher guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's a good name for a giant fire 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 extinguisher guy? Let's just call him the extinguisher. <laughs> That's great. That's great. The extinguisher, the extinguisher is gonna basically whatever he touches, it extinguishes the fire and the power. Okay. So it's in order to gain some control of fire, Ghost Rider is going to have to douse himself in, <laughs> in wine. Kerosene. In wine. <laughs> yes, the blood of Christ. He's going to douse himself in wine and light a match. And that is going to give him the fire he needs that he can control to defeat the extinguisher. <laughs> okay. And in between all of that, you're going to have scenes of him peeing on people. <laughs> okay. Because I want to see that movie. I want to see uh, Ghost Rider God. about to take a piss and some outlaw or some gang comes to kill him and he just turns around and just hoses them all with his flamethrower penis. That's actually neat because then when the extinguisher comes along and takes away his fire, it's like a metaphor for impotence. There you go. <laughs> this is deep. This is very deep. Okay, we, we are adding the necessary thematic depth that was lacking in the first two films He's here. impotent. Mm-hmm. I like it. And then twist at the end, the devil's son that he's sort of been caring for and acting kind of like a father figure to, at the end of the film, they're they're gonna team up. Yes, and they're gonna be like a Ghost Rider team. They're gonna be like big Ghost Rider and little Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> little Ghost Rider is like on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, they're gonna go fight crime together. You know, I think Ghost Rider should have a midlife crisis in the next one. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is getting towards that age. <laughs> this is a midlife crisis. That would le- that would allow us to have several scenes of <laughs> Nicholas Cage looking tortured and screaming, angst. Oh, why is my life like this? Oh. <laughs> That's going to be the dialogue exactly. <laughs> Doing that on the nose. Why is my life like this? Am I damned? Am I going to hell? <laughs> and then the okay, and when he finally defeats the extinguisher and he douses himself in wine, his final bit of dialogue is going to be The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> He's gonna exercise that demon. Alright. I like this, Frank. No, they should be in a gym for the final battle. They're like, I'm going to exercise my demon. <laughs> wow. He went for the pun. I like it. No, you need it. For a ghost rider movie? I'm gonna exercise. Okay. And he has to really hit exercise or it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to exercise my demon. <laughs> and then he just pauses, get it? <laughs> get it? Also, I'm going to bring back the jelly beans. Okay, you from should. From the first movie. You should. Yeah. He's going to pee on people while eating jelly beans. And he's put on weight because of all the jelly beans. There you go. He's like a, a chubbier ghost rider. A chubbier rider. ghost rider. That's why he's in the gym. That's why he's midlife crisis. Yeah. Oh, my God. We, this is perfect. Midlife crisis. We're putting it all together, Frank. We need to write this script. We do. <laughs> all right. I think that'll wrap it up for our new segment. We've amused ourselves sufficiently we for have. today. <laughs> all of our listeners just turned off. Yeah, they, they, they stopped listening like five minutes ago. Yeah, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> We're done with this. <laughs> We're done with this crap. All right. That'll wrap it up for our new segment, Reboot This. And that'll uh, that'll do it for part two of our discussion on Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Wanderlust. And I'm sure we're going to have a fascinating discussion about a movie with lust in the title. Yes, we are. Yeah. When it comes to Wanderlust 2, you know we're going to be pitching some good ideas. 
We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can uh, email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. We also have a listener feedback survey on the site that we would really appreciate it if you take 15 minutes of your of your day to fill out. Um, basically, it's just about the programs, what you like, what you dislike, what you want us to improve on, how you think we're doing, and that's really going to help us get a feel for who our listeners are and what, what you want to hear from us. Uh, so we'll be able to improve the network that way. Uh, we'd also really appreciate it if you write a review on iTunes. It takes about five seconds. Not hard to do. Uh, you can also donate through the website. That helps keep the network up and running so we can talk about things like potential Ghost Rider sequels. <laughs> help make the world a better place. Help, <laughs> hey, there you go. Help make the world a better place. Okay, we're, we're doing our part for the entertainment industry. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. And for art. We're going to get a phone call from Nicholas Cage this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, guys. I like it. I want you on board. Ghost Rider 3. <laughs> I like that exercise your demon thing <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> yes. Um, Frank, where can people find you online? FJ Reddy at Twitter and by frankly, television.wordpress.com. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find more of my writing at www.thecoolestshopeffect.com and also on Film Geeking, the uh, blog extension of Film Geek Radio. Uh, at www.filmgeekradio.com uh, You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew If you follow me, be sure to let me know you're a listener and I will follow you back and we will keep talking about movies and you can pitch us on your Ghost Rider sequel Sure In fact, you know what? If you've seen Ghost Rider 1 or Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance email us Let us know what you want to see in Ghost Rider 3 I'm curious to see what our listeners think all right, that'll wrap it up. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Freddy. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah! Ghost Rider goes to Antarctica. <laughs> We've done Europe, we've done America, now we go to Antarctica. <laughs> it's just melting snow. It's melting. Oh, my God. So Ghost Rider is responsible for the melting glaciers. He probably is. And he's going to wipe out mankind. Yeah. There you go. The devil sends his new supervillain to the North Pole <laughs> to melt the glaciers. To get Santa. There you go. And to, to melt the glaciers and destroy the world. Ghost Rider has to go to the North Pole to defeat him. But in doing so, he's also contributing to the melting glaciers. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, there you go. Ghost Rider saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to deck your halls. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would have thought of that one when we were still recording. <laughs> that would have been a good one. Ghost Rider. Christmas. I'm about to roast your chestnuts <laughs> over this fire.